Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shamel. I'm your host, Brother Shamel, and it's good to be back, um, back doing this podcast. I took a little hiatus, um, you know, definitely just dealing with life, um, the time of reflection, um, you know, definitely some things going on, um, some very interesting things that I observed, but um, all is well, all is well, I'm thankful to say, and I'm ready to get back with this new episode. Um, So before I begin, I just want to touch on some um, points just to kind of catch everyone up to speed on some things that have transpired, just a couple of things. about about a week or so ago, um, yeah, a little about a week ago, um, I had the honor of doing a Zoom presentation uh, on Moorish history. It was a Moorish history conference uh, with my um, dear brother, my big brother, uh, Grand Governor Robert Stonell from the Moorish Science Temple of America in Durham. North Carolina. Uh, it was a huge success. You actually can catch it on my YouTube channel. Uh, been getting uh, very great feedback on that presentation where we went into the history of the Moors, um, went into nationality, uh, just really breaking a lot of things down. Um, been getting a lot of various requests. Um, consequently, as a result of that, you know, to do some other things and we're working on something um, that will be very, uh, very vital as far as um, pushing forward that information. Um, So be, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Also, let me see what's up, other things. Um, Look forward to your brother um, being interviewed in the near future. I won't give any details, but I just got a confirmation um, probably in a couple of months, maybe about a month and a half. You know, we're looking at um, me being interviewed. Um, So I'm very thankful for that. I'd like to give honors to my wife, um, NSL, for putting that together. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Um, That will be definitely a treat. Um, I had actually had me uh, up last night just, you know, just coming up with ideas on what to really talk about because there's so much I want to get into uh, pertaining, actually um, it lines up with what I'm going to be talking about now um, in reference to my book, the last book I put out, which is How Many Days Are in a Circle. Uh, Let me see, anything else? Oh, yes. Um, of course, I'd like to thank everyone for who have been um, supporting, watching, uh, I should say listening to um, the podcast, uh, you know, just the support that has been um, very much appreciated. Even in my hiatus, um, people been just checking out the podcast and supporting. So I appreciate that. Uh, special shout out to um, Ireland. Uh, my listening family in Ireland. You know, I have a growing audience out there. 
and of course everyone else across the world who um various places that i'm getting uh love from so definitely appreciate it also i uh proud to announce i'm proud to announce that i have a uh, a website um in addition to my regular website which is shemel.com um s h e m hyphen e l.com i also have a dedicated podcast site um WordPress. Um, it's under construction, but the um, uh, just so that you know, the actual um, um, URL, the link is masterminds.wbro.shml.wordpress.com. I know that's a funky um, domain <laughs> name URL, but um, I, I probably will update that. But um, so basically, it's the title of the show without the forward slash dot and the hyphen in it so you know just take all that out put the words together that's masterminds.wbroshml.wordpress.com and um like i said it's still under the it's still under construction in the under construction phase um as of right now i was just working on it right before i got on um but well, the great thing about this podcast site uh, through WordPress is it will be it will have a blog, you know, basically transcribing a lot of the podcasts um, that I've done already. So you'll be able to read out um, the podcast. Also, we'll have a link for you to click on to donate. I've been getting um it's been brought to my attention that a lot of people have um oh should i say uh, a few a uh, number of people i'm not gonna say a lot of people like there's been hundreds of people but a number of people have uh been wanting to donate and support financially uh to help with the podcast and support and i just found out today that for some strange reason patreon had unlaunched my patreon page I thought it was strange that they would do that so I had to relaunch it so it's active now so for those who want to um, contribute to my Patreon site you know uh, the link is available um, you can just wherever the link is you know where it prompts you to go and donate you can go ahead and donate and support definitely appreciate it uh, me being a one man operation you know I have my hands in a lot of things. I try to be focused as much as I can. Uh, sometimes I miss things, but you know, definitely hold me to the fire. Uh, reach out to me on my on my website. Go to the URL. You can send me a message. Say, hey, brother Shem. You know, you know, we like to see this and certain things happening. You know, so we can support more on the Patreon, etc. And I will, you know, get up on it. So that oh also we'll have merch. We will have some merch available, um, particularly some shirts. If you go onto their website now, the podcast website, um, it has a template on it, but that will be updated with actual um, t-shirts with the name and um, a design pertaining to the podcast which will promote the podcast so you can further um show love 
you know, just put it out there and show love. You know, I appreciate all the support I'm getting now and really look to really push this hard this year in 2021. Um, so I think that's all of the updates for now. Um, and again, with this transcribing of the podcast into a blog, I already have a blog on my website, but um, it just has a few entries. This kind of streamlines everything. Um, I'm looking forward to actually put together uh, this as the basis of putting out more literature um, in book form. I might put it out, you know, as my previous books. Most of my books, is, uh, for those who purchased my books, um, basically know that you know my books are really packed. It has each book had um, has over 120 pages, but there's so much information in those pages. Um, so it's a lot. Or I'm thinking of kind of kind of breaking it down more, sort of like uh, liking it to the Morse Paradigm series put out by the brother Hakeem Bay and kind of give it more bite-sized pieces of information because I know I give so much information. I try not to overload, but I have a lot in this brain of mine that I just put out. I'm just trying to uh, I download and, and just put it all out as much as I can because it's, it's, it's a lot in this big head of mine. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and do my best to keep on teaching. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into the topic at hand, dealing with the wheel of time. So um, this actually is inspired, um, give uh, honors once again to um, my good brother, um, Roz Bay, Sheik Roz Bay, and uh, pertaining to a post that he put up uh, a few days ago. So I said, let me go ahead and get into this because I put this in my book. Um, how many days are in the circle? I went into it and it seems that right now that, and I wrote this book, I just realized it just dawned on me as I was reading it again. I wrote this book back in 2016. It's 2021. I wrote this book on a leap year in 2016. I was putting all this information out together. And a lot of the stuff that I put back then, when we're talking five years ago from today uh, of this recording, you know, now people are really going in on it, you know, which I find, you know, interesting. And not to say that no one else was, was studying it or talking about it, but it just seems how, uh, how things manifest so with that said what I'm going to do as a basis as I always do is start off with a reading from the circle seven and I'm going to read from chapter two circle seven which speaks about the education of Mary and Elizabeth and Zoe in Egypt I'm going to start from let me see Verse 7, it says, Elihu said, it is not strange. There are no happenings. Law governs all events. 
from olden times it was ordained that you should be with us and in this sacred school be taught. Elihu and Salome took Mary and Elizabeth out to the sacred grove nearby where they were wont to teach. Elihu said to Mary and Elizabeth, you may esteem yourself thrice blessed for you are chosen mothers of long promised sons who are ordained to lay a solid rock, a sure foundation stone on which the temple of the perfect man shall rest, a temple that shall never be destroyed. We measure time by cycle ages and the gate to every age we deem a milestone in the journey of the race. An age had passed, the gate unto another age flies open at the age touch of time. This is the preparation age of soul, the kingdom of Emmanuel, of Allah and man. And these, your sons, will be the first to tell the news and teach the gospel of goodwill to men and peace on earth. A mighty work is theirs, for carnal men want not the light. They love the dark. And when the light shines in the dark, they comprehend it not. We call these sons revealers of the light, but they must have the light before they can reveal the light. And you must teach your sons and set their souls on fire with love and holy zeal and make them conscious of their missions to the son of men. So I'm just going to stop there and basically um, focus on that section particular uh, where it speaks about cycle ages. We measure time by cycle ages and the gate to every age we deem a milestone in the journey of the race. So it's very important to understand that when it says we, it's not speaking about every human being because we know by today's standards right now the average person does not measure time by cycle ages they are measuring time by a Gregorian calendar and a clock so the we in that statement is speaking about masters masterminds those who are knowledgeable these adepts who are knowledgeable about these cycle ages now I'll be reading from um, sections of my book, How Many Days Are in the Circle, right? So we have to ask the question, what is time? Time is the progression of existence and incidents that transpire in the usual sequence from the past through the present to the future. Time is a constituent amount of diverse measurements employed to arrange occurrences, to compare the interval of incidence or the duration between them, and to measure degrees of variation of amounts within physical existence or in the conscious experience. So, as I like to say, time is a construct of consciousness. So, for example, uh, you will hear people say, I lose time, right? Is time something 
that you can put in a box? Can you carry it with you that you can lose it? No. It's talking about your consciousness of that construct of time. There are people who move on supposedly different time zones when in reality there is no time zone. That's a construct, right? So you, you people say you zone out. I've done that all the time, particularly in meditation, where you lose track of time, right? So we're talking about the conscious experience. Time is frequently denoted as the fourth dimension, along with the three spatial dimensions, right? So time has long been a key topic of research within religion, philosophy, and science. However, defining it in a way that's relevant to all areas without um, circularity has constantly evaded the intellectuals. So basically, when you try to define it in a way without denoting the circle, right? Understanding the cycle ages. If you try to define it outside of the cycle, the circle, then you're going to get into a realm of confusion. You have to, you have to relate it to the circle, right? Okay, so the question would be like, what does time or what does days have to do with a circle, right? And keep in mind, um, Euclid um, once said that a circle is a plain figure bounded by one line. So what do days have to do with a circle? What does time have to do to the circle? The answer to that question resides in the fact that most American Muslims, as well as many masterminds, measure time by cycle ages. As I said before, the masterminds measure time by cycle ages. So in geometry, a circle is an element of plane angle measurement, right? That is equal to two pi radians. 360 degrees now that's 360 is going to make an important point in that 360 a little later right so a cycle is also denoted as a revolution a complete rotation a full circle or a turn so in the field of mathematics a circle also called a periodic sequence is a sequence for which identical terms are repeated constantly Right? That's your frequency. Okay? So, that needs to be understood in that context. So, we have what's called the circle of time. So, early cultures, such as the Incan, the Olmecan, Mayan, Hopi, and other Native American tribes, as well as the Babylonians, ancient people of people of ancient Kemet, known today as Egypt, Hindus, Buddhists, etc., possess the idea of what's known as the Wheel of Time. They considered time as cyclical, comprising of recurring ages that occur to each being of the universe between birth and extinction. So, in Sanskrit language, the Wheel of Time is known as Kalachakra, Okay. Now, the Kala Chakra 
is a word utilized in Buddhism, which means wheel of time or time cycles. Remember, we measure time by cycle ages. Okay, so Kala is a Sanskrit word meaning time. And keep in mind that the word chakra itself comes from the word meaning wheel or circle. So when you hear, so Kala chakra, and we all have heard about the seven chakras, you know, and you see the diagram of that person in the, in the lotus position and the little circles up and up down from the head down the spinal area right kala chakra that's the wheel the circle so kala chakra is commonly utilized to denote an adept teaching and practice in tibetan buddhism even though the knowledge is quite complex and metaphysical there is a custom to present it to the masses and i spoke about this in an earlier in an earlier um uh, episode dealing with uh, the wisdom of Buddha but I'm going to go deeper into the actual aspect of these ages and try to bring clarity into it we're really going to dive deep in so the Kala Chakra teaching revolves around the idea of time and cycles from the cycles of the celestial objects to the cycles of one's own breathing right so your breathing has cycles as well so keep in mind that there's something called chronobiology okay and chronobiology is a type of biology which inspects cyclic phenomena in life forms and their adjustment to solar and lunar related rhythms these cycles are known as biological rhythms or what you call biorhythms Okay, so chronobiology comes from the ancient word of chronos, meaning time, and chronos is also the titan, is the name for the titan or the god of time, which is also connected to um, uh, the also the other. Chenu, uh, right? Chenu in ancient Kemet. So we got to keep in mind of that as well. So um, that is time. So when you deal with chronology or synchronicity, sin is the prefix denoting similar or the same. Chronology is chronos time so when you don't have synchronicity is because you're out of sync you have out of sync and in sync and sync means synchronization you're not synchronized you're not in the same time but we denote time as being time on the clock when the time is really the time in the circle the cycle okay so that's chronos of time and biology bios Life, ology, study of life, logos. So that's the science of life. So when we deal with that, we know that, you know, your body goes to what's called a circumceptant 
rhythm. A circumcepting rhythm is a cycle composing of seven days in which the biological developments of life resolved. So there's uh, many different uh, particular writings in reference to that, okay? Uh, which I mentioned in my book, actually about it. So about that circumcepting rhythm. So it basically points towards the biological account of the mystery of the seven day week. Okay, so it's not just the Bible or the Quran that attempts to explain hu- how humans operate in the seven day week. Right there, that is science. Okay, and that deals, that seven day cycle deals with the oscillations of blood pressure, the acidity in the blood, red blood cells, heartbeat, oral temperature, um, etc. Okay, even in molecular biology, you have something known as the heptad repeat heptad is seven okay and that deals and heptad repeat is basically an illustration of a structural motif which comprises of a repeating set of seven amino acids that repeats itself and it's found in uh, in the coils of the amino acids that produce these proteins so the number seven is always present in life law governs all events catch what I'm saying as mentioned earlier in the circle seven so we know that when you ask the question of why is number seven so key in the cyclic rhythm of life interestingly enough the answer can be found in the circle seven particularly in chapter 11 verses 20 to 23 where it states from Allah's own record book we read the triune Allah breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face the Hebrews called these seven spirits Elohim and these are they who in their boundless power created everything that is or was these spirits of the triune Allah moved on the face of boundless space and seven others were and every other had its form of life these forms of life were but the thought of Allah clothed in the substance of their ether planes so it, it is important to realize that the last three questions of the Moorish questionnaire all have the exact same answer seven days this is vital because upon further analysis you can conclude that the last three questions address the key occult subjects of space matter in time and those last three questions in the Moorish questionnaire goes as follows how many days are in the circle seven days that's space how many days are in the creation seven days that's matter according to science how many days are in a year seven days that's time the circle is a ge- geographical uh, um, shape right or geometrical I said geographical <laughs> geometrical shape um, that occupies space it symbolizes space creation of course is matter creation is associated with matter and year is associated with time so the number three is just as important as the number seven the number three can symbolize any of the following person places things space matter time past present future solid liquid and gas spirit soul and body sun moon and earth 
positive, negative, and neutral. God, devil, and man. Wisdom, will, and love. Belief, faith, and fruition, etc., etc., etc. The law of three always opens the door to the law of seven. Thus, the triune law, wisdom, will, and love, breathe four, seven created spirits. That is called by the Hebrews, Elohim. So it stands to reason that these seven created spirits created things based on the law of seven. Thus, in microbiology, you have the seven operating. It is important to note that it clearly says in the circle seven, the Hebrews call these seven spirits Elohim. There were many different names for these divine spirits. One of them is the Saptarishi or the seven sages. Okay. In the Vedic text, in the Vedas. There is even record of Noble Jirali having a supreme grand council. My Moors out there know what I'm talking about. The Supreme Game Council for the Moor Science Temple of America, which was modeled after the concept of Elohim, insofar as there were seven members in the Supreme Grand Council. The science of seven, the number of perfected man, is found not only throughout the scriptures, but also throughout nature. That's religion and science. And we'll get more into that understanding that law governs all events in our next half. When we talk about the Kala Chakra, the Wheel of Time, the Kala Chakra teaches the exercise of manipulating the subtlest energies within one's own body on the journey to becoming Buddha. And Buddha, many of us know to be a Sanskrit word translated to mean enlightened one. It should be noted that there's record of the one known as Jesus studying from those ancient texts of man, from the other man known as Buddha. Right, uh, uh, Gautama, Gautama Buddha. This account is described in the Holy Quran of the Moral Science Temple of America, known as Circle Seven, Chapter Eleven, Verse Two, which states: "Together, Jesus and Barato read the Jewish Psalms and Prophets, read the Vedas, the Avesta." and the wisdom of Gautama. I'll repeat that. Together, Jesus and Barato read the Jewish Psalms and prophets, read the Vedas, the Avista, and the wisdom of Gautama. Okay, so what do the Vedas state about measuring time in cycle ages? The Vedas speak of time in terms of something known as a yuga. The word yuga is a Sanskrit word that literally means age. So again, we get back to that part in the circle seven, where it says we measure time by cycle ages. And this is very important. 
And I'm going to get into something that I recently came to realize just recently um, that I didn't think about before when I studied about the ages. Uh, but I'll get into that a little later because it's really is really powerful when I think about it. Uh, what Noble Drali, you know, information that he was on. So, Indivitas Yuga is a period within a four age cycle. That four age cycle, that's the wheel of time now. The Kalachukra is one wheel of time. Within that one wheel, there are four ages that repeat itself to complete the wheel and though each age is called a yuga so a complete yuga starts with satya yuga from satya yuga you go to treta yuga from treta yuga you have dwapada yuga and then from dwapada yuga it goes into kali yuga then it will go into another Kali Yuga and go back to Dupara Yuga and then reverse back. So it's a descending and ascending of cycles. And once it reaches back to Sada Yuga, it'll go into another Sada Yuga. So you have two halves of this circle, both kind of mirroring. If you were to look at the diagram, it looks like the sides mirror each other from the ascending and the descending side. So many will say that our present time is the Kali Yuga, okay? Which they say based on the Vedic text which began at 3102 BCE, that's before Christian era with the close of uh, the Maha Bharata War. Okay. So let me break down what the, each yuga represents. The Satya Yuga is a time of truth and righteousness. The Treta Yuga is a time of denominate of domination, I should say, and extremities. Dwapada Yuga is a time of disease and discontent Kali Yuga is a time of gloom and ignorance now before I go into that aspect of the Yuga I want to make something clear okay and we're going to explore this now even though I just said that based on the Vedic text it has been determined that our time is in Kali Yuga when you look at um, various diagrams and I have one in my book it will denote that we are in Dwapada Yuga interestingly enough okay so also interestingly enough 
each yuga, there's other names for these yugas. Okay. So, and I'll break it down. Satya Yuga, as I said, is a time of truth, would be called the truth age. Chutta Yuga, which is a time of denomination, or I should say domination, I always mix up those words, time of domination, right, would be called the mental age. Dwapada Yuga, which is the time of disease and discontent, is likened to what's known as the electrical age. In Kali Yuga, which is the time of boom and ignorance, has also been called the Dark Age. And you've heard that a lot. The Dark Ages, right? Came out the Dark Ages. Now, interestingly enough, the Electrical Age is something that was spoken about. Keep, keep in mind, I said in certain diagrams, they will show us being in the Potter Age. And... Noble Drew Ali in the early 1920s spoke about the electrical age or as he termed it the electrified age so what I'm going to do is read from a particular article found in Moorish literature which is basically a collection of articles that were in the Moorish Guide newspaper that was put forth by the Moorish Science Temple of America at the time, of which Noble Jirali was not only founder of the of the movement, of the organization, but he was also editor-in-chief. So it says, in Savior of Humanity, in this electrified age, men are racing into this life without complete knowledge of where they are going or what the end will be when riches seem to be their only pursuit to be obtained any way and at any cost when selfishness avarice greed and lust dominate their very being when humanity in general is left at the mercy of those who have no mercy in them it is truly wonderful and astounding to see one come into this mad human drama for the sole purpose of saving humanity, losing all sight on those things worldly and yielding absolutely to a cause higher than has ever yet been attained. This picture is the likeness of Prophet Noble Drew Ali, who is serving humanity coming as he does with a message for the nations in somewhat the same manner as the Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, and other prophets of their day. Only the things of this prophet's days differ from the ills of the days of the past. And yet, the remedy for the ills of today is about the same as the remedies for the days past all turning about the pivot love love for humanity humanity must be lifted from the unwholesome depths of poverty misery and suffering and placed on a solid rock 
salvation. There are some who claim to do this, but upon investigation, one finds that they have slouched under the wings of their cross to extract from those who come to them means by which they can have pleasures of this life while they point their followers to joy after death. While they feed their sheep, they also shear them while eating. At the close of their day, the master will be heard to tell them, you have your reward, get thee hence. Right? And so I want to stop there. And it goes on. But the point I was making is that during that time, Noble Ali had referred to this time as the electrified age, which is the electrical age, right? We're in the age of technology. We're in the age of the internet, okay? Where everything is at the, at the tip of your fingers. You can get on a um, laptop, iPad, mobile phone, and access the whole entire world. It's called the World Wide Web, right? And yet, as I mentioned, this is also a time of disease and discontent. Is it not? Is there not the COVID-19 supposed pandemic? Some would say plandemic. Does that not exist? Do we not see the discontent in the world? Do we not just see what happened in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol not too long ago? Is this not that time? Is this not the time of Duparta? Could it still be the time of Duparta and Cali? And that's very interesting. So I want to dive into that. Uh, and I really want to dive into that. Um, because according to the laws of Manu, one of the earliest recognized writings describing the Yugans, the time links are 4,800 years in for Sata Yuga, 3,600 years for Tretta Yuga, 2,400 years for Dwapada Yuga and 1,200 years for Kali Yuga, right? For a sum total of 12,000 years for one arc or 24,000 years to complete the cycle, which is approximately one procession of the equinox. These four Yugas follow a time ratio of four to three to two to one. Now, I can get into the equinox and I may get into that a little later, how it corresponds. But I'm going to, before I do that, and before I even go into the laws of Manu, because the laws of Manu, well, let me just say this to go to, to just explain this. Okay. Uh, in the circle seven, it says that Jesus himself studied the laws of Manu throughout his travels. 
So if you would go to the circle seven, chapter six, verses 18 to 20, it would state the Brahmic priests were glad to welcome home the prince. With favor, they received the Jewish boy. And Jesus was accepted as a pupil in the temple Jagannath. And here he learned the Vedas and the Manic Law. The Brahmic masters wondered at the clear conceptions of the child and often were amazed when he explained to them the meaning of the law. It is important to note that it says that Jesus learned something that was ascribed as the Manic Law. Okay? It is already known that he was well learned in the Hebrew Torah. Okay? It is also known that as a child, he lived in Kemet, which you call Egypt today, where he learned the laws of Ma'at as well. So this Manic Law, which a lot of uh, people who study the Circle 7 are not really aware of, the Manic Law is also known as Menushmerti. And Menushmerti, which is another way of saying the laws of Manu, is the most significant and earliest work within Hinduism. Okay? And the text it presents itself as a discourse issued by Manu, who is um, described as the progenitor of mankind to a group of sages or the rishis who asked to tell him the law of all the social classes okay um, it's described as Manu being the son of Brahma okay and there's a whole thing with that which I describe in my book how many days are in the circle and I won't go too deep into that but there's a whole section about the this particular this particular um, law of Manu called Manu Shmerti which like I said a lot of people who study the Circle 7 don't even know about Manu Shmerti and where, why it said the Manic Law okay it's not pertaining to a man but Manu okay so let me go back to what I was about to say before about those Yugas okay because this is very important that we have a, a clear understanding so even though I mentioned those those years right it says uh, what I said 4,800 years 3,600 years 2,400 years 1,200 years right in the units of time based on Vedic on the Vedas, right, they have what's called Diva years or celestial or divine years, where in the measurement of a year, they equated with actually 360 human years. Okay? So one year, this this also is likened to that passage in the Bible um, where it speaks about as a thousand years one day a thousand years right so that's where in um, particularly in 2nd Peter 
chapter 3 verse 8 with God one day is as good as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day right also connected with um, that takes you back to Psalms chapter 90 verse 4 a thousand days in your sight are like one day going by right so it is making a distinction between God years divine years and human years okay so and it's very you have to understand in this you can this is um, put actually in the Bhakta Vita and I'm going to read um, the Bhakta Vita the section the translation of it where I gave that explanation it says the duration of the Satya Yuga equals 4800 years of the demigods the duration of the Treta Yuga equals 3600 years of the demigods the duration of the Dwapada Yuga equals 2400 years and that of the Kali Yuga is 1200 years of the demigods right so as we mentioned before one year one divine year year of the gods or the demigods right diva diva is god is equal to 360 years of human okay therefore if you took just the satya yuga you would multiply multiplied the 4800 4800 by 360 years which will give you 1,728,000 years you do the same thing with the Treta Yuga you get 1,296,000 years to Aparta Yuga 864,000 years and the Kali Yuga would be 432,000 years okay and and keep this in mind all of that brings you back when you calculate it when you add all those numbers together it brings you back to the number 9 just like 144,000 all symbolized go back to the 9 9 is the number of completion so my point in saying that is that it makes a distinction that there is a time measurement of God or God man as mentioned in the circle seven and there's the time of human okay and we use the term human you know many of us um, you'll find use the term we'll spell human as H-U-E hyphen M-A-N which is cool and a beautiful way of describing it but that hue is only describing the flesh it's describing that which you incarnated into so that is a lock into a lower realm of time human time and going back to what I said earlier about the consciousness of time it's a construct of consciousness when you elevate yourself to a God mind you then operate on God time you can cross the border at will you can go in between time cycles as far as measurement in your consciousness so 
literally putting that into context you can you can operate in another time cycle either ahead or behind depending on your realm of consciousness that's why you hear the term of people being stuck in a time warp you know people are still wearing bell bottoms or you know uh what you call it i don't know they they uh wearing velour suits now you know they're stuck in the time warp you know they still you know rap like the sugar hill gang or whatever that's the example of that so likewise what you have here is you have levels of consciousness so people say oh we in Kali Yuga Kali Yuga yeah there are people who are stuck in Kali Yuga there are those who are in Dwapara Yuga and there are those who are even in Satya Yuga at the same with and occupying the same space so you could probably have four people occupying the same space and they're in four different ages relative to their consciousness that's what you have to realize so we don't get caught up in the in the matrix of it all this is very key and that's what I want to break down is that time is relative to consciousness so as you elevate your consciousness you can move out of the time age that other people are stuck in if that makes sense if you're following what i'm saying so i want to keep that in mind um so these are things that we need to understand about these ages these time ages thus that brings on a whole new meaning when you read that part in the circle 7 that says we measure time by cycle ages remember there are cycles within cycle there's a there's a microcosm for a macrocosm and vice versa as above so below as within so without we measure time by cycle ages and the gate to every age we deem a milestone in the journey of the race so keep in mind i said there was four ages in the circle right and they repeat themselves twice it mirrors itself so when you look at the symbol of what they call the circle 7 you will see the 7 in the middle we always talked about the significance of the 7 and you will see what people say is a circle but it's not really a circle it's really four concurrent arcs that are positioned in such a way that it gives the appearance of a circle keep in mind what i just said four concurrent arcs positioned in a manner that gives the appearance of a circle it gives the appearance cuz remember a circle geometrically is a plane figure bounded by one line There's no such thing as a broken line. The moment that the line is broken, it's no longer a line, it's a line segment. Right? Or array in geometry. This is um simple geometry, mathematics, right? So there's no such thing as a broken circle. 
So you're looking at four arcs. Now the four arcs in representation, you see those openings, those are gates. And you even hear people who study more science talk about the North Gate, right? And if there's a North Gate, there's a South Gate. And if there's a South Gate, there's an East Gate. And there's a West Gate. North, South, East, West. So we look at those gates similar to the gates of time moving from one age to the next age, right? And keep in mind, the Kali Yuga is not the only measurement of cycle of time, right? That's just the cycle that was taught by uh, within Hinduism and in Buddhism. Keep that in mind, right? But all of the different, the various uh, particular societies I mentioned, people of ancient Kemet, the Babylonians, the Native Americans, they all understood that wheel of time, right? They all dealt with ages, right? You have astrological ages. We all, everybody and their mama know about that, you know? What sign are you? I'm an Aries, I'm a Pisces. Cancer, and my name is Larry. You know, they had songs about it, the whole whole joint. So, you know, we have to realize that there are many different cycles, right? Even the Kabbalah speaks about um, measuring time in cycle ages. One of the texts of the Kabbalah is entitled Sefer Ha Temuna, which is basically translated as Book of the Figure, as in the shape of Hebrew letters. And this literary work is said to have laid the foundation for Kabbalah. So it goes back to a Hebrew sage named Nehunya ben Hakana, who was a recognized teacher and is given credit for inscribing that book. He was taught by an Essene named Menachem. Okay, and the Essenes we know are well known for their mysticism. So, one of the key ideas in this book is that of the association of the sabbatical year. Okay, with the Sephirah. We know the Sephirah is Hebrew for the emanations. We know about those who know about that um, Kabbalistic tree of life. Okay, and so it's it's associated with the Sephirah and the creation of multiple worlds. That's also something to realize. Multiple worlds are multiple um, dimensions of time. And so it states that there's a 7,000 year cycle that's equal to the sabbatical year. Okay? Uh, and it says 6,000 years shall the world exist and 1,000 year, which is the seven, it shall be desolate. So the writing concludes that there are seven such cycles per Jubilee. So the seven times seven gives you 49,000, okay? Which is more than double of the 24,000 year cycle. But just keep in mind, regardless of the measurement of these cycles, we all dealing with time and law and law governs all events. And with that, I say peace and love.